Hi guys, we're the Glovesies Podcast and we're here for a collaboration um, with the Goddess Project on Black Girl Joy. Yay, so make sure to listen and enjoy. If the audio is a little bit different, it's because this was recorded via Zoom um, and it was done as a live podcast. Um, so yeah, enjoy and make sure to go show some love to the Goddess Projects. Mwah. Go off, sis. Hello, everyone. We are Rachel and Mia, and we are here with the lovely Goddess Project. We have Nat, Dom, and Khadija. Hello. Hi, guys. Yeah. And um, today we're going to talk about Black Girl Joy. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> We've got our own Black Girl Joy in the form of our goblets. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. I, I, a lot of people... But already yeah. kind of know because if they're joining what the goddess projects are but maybe just for people who will be listening after do one of you want to give a little bit of an insight as to what it is just in case yeah that's fine we want to do it we <laughs> <laughs> all just talk a little bit each so you go first Nat. yeah that's fine so um the goddess project was set up in 2018 um it was co-founded by me dom and khadija um, and I think what was happening is that when we were spending time together, we were having a really good time. We were howling and cackling, laughing our heads off, really enjoying each other's company. And I think we all had an individual vision that became a group vision to support black women and women of colour. So I think we went to Tesco, um, Park Lake Tesco one day. Um, I got a sausage pussy. It was very nice. Um, and we were just sitting there talking about wanting to do something for our community wanting to do something specifically for black women and women of color and we were talking about sort of the sense of um you know sisterhood that we were getting from each other and how we enjoyed each other's company so much and how we we thought there was something missing in liverpool where you know black women could have that support network but there could also be opportunities for growth development for them to achieve but also that mass you know like support network so that you know because being a black woman um can sometimes it's wonderful but it can sometimes be really difficult as well um and what we were finding is when we were talking with each other about things that had happened microaggressions you know racist incidences um you know day-to-day things that we've experienced that we didn't have to explain it to each other we knew and it was like all of that emotional labor sometimes that you carry around was just left and we were able to just be ourselves be honest and not wonder about anyone saying oh are you sure that that was why or you know so it was just a really safe um really sort of um new warden space for us so we were just like we need to turn this into something so we decided to sort of, um, you know, come up with a collective and look at what we wanted to do. Um, so we created the Goddess Projects and, you know, we got our logo done. We sort of launched our socials. Um, and at the beginning, it was, we, we had big dreams for what we wanted to do. But we just kicked it off with a photo project because we were talking about how the women in our communities who might not maybe be woman of the year or, you know, on all of the sort of awards sort of um, circuit, that are amazing women um, that support us, that are here for, you know, you know the reason why sometimes, like, you know, if your mum has got no money for milk, then Rose will s- sort it out. Or, like, you know, if she, the kids need minding, then, you know, next door neighbour will come in and sort you. These women are actually the fabric of our everyday lives, but are not celebrated. Mm-hmm. So we were like, right, we'll do it. We'll do a, um, a photo project where we just started 
um, supporting and sort of celebrating local women within our communities. And we've done some international too. And I think the response from that like galvanised us as well because people were like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you've seen us. You know, this is amazing. So that was sort of the beginning. I'm going to pass it on to someone else now so they can add. Because <laughs> I can talk all night. <laughs> oh, best projects. Oh. Uh, we're twins. We always do. <laughs> we're, we're three days apart. Like, she's my other half. Um, but yeah, the Goddess Project, I was just going to talk a little bit about, like, the name and the the idea behind that. Um, so we're both, um, you know, Natalie is a total, total wordsmith. Um, Dominique writes as well, and I play around with poetry. So we were all thinking, like, of a name that meant something that could represent the women, but also tied into what we were about. Um, and we came up with goddess projects because it has like a double meaning. Um, we are goddesses, obviously. Hi, hello. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we, we take on and execute projects, you know, obviously, you know, all the things that we do, but we are from the projects, so to speak. We're from the ends with three working class women from the area, from the ends, from the ghetto, whatever you want to say. So we put that together, um, and that's where the name came from. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna let all them. Yeah. Well, I think recently we can talk about recently. Um, we're obviously in the middle of TGP Fest at the moment. I think this is our fourth event. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe four. Yes, I think so. Yeah. In relation oh. to obviously the the um, we have like a poetry um, and. Um, sort of spoken word competition to start with. We've got our book club. Um, this week we had um, I one on one training, and obviously today. So that's the same. So that's so basically we we from TGT Fest and before that we sort of sat down with our women and the women that we work with and started to come up with a, a strategy and on the action plan of the work that we wanted to do. Although our work is always centred on the experience of black women, black women of colour, we also wanted the activities that we do to be centred and focused on them. Because what happens usually in the community, for community projects, I mean, people have social enterprises, is they'll set up these um, initiatives and have asked the women who are actually supposed to benefit from it. Um, they don't um, have that consultation sort of process at all or any sort of insight into actually what people want. So we, we put the women at the centre of that. And then we come together with three um, different strands that we focus on. And these, again, were birthed from what the women who participated in the consultations order said. So first it was community engagement and basically working with communities to support um, partnerships um, that can help and obviously support and assist black women. And also to create a wider community network as well. So it's about centering black women's voices in communities, but also equally working with organisations and different organisations that can help support and uplift black women as well. Um, and then next, it was Black Women's First. Um, and what we felt is that the most important thing and everything that I feel that we do has to centre and focus on black women, women of colour. Um, if it doesn't, then it doesn't make sense in relation to what we're trying to do. They have to be at the forefront of what we do, ultimately centering ourselves, but more importantly, centering the women that we work with. And, and that's the most important thing. So Black Women's First was basically to, we designed it to um, empower and support um, Black women and women of colour 
Um, so through things like mentoring and coaching, one to one sort of support. Um, and then I think it was the how to pro- like creative how to projects as well. So around writing um, and other different initiatives, more creative sort of initiatives to help and support black women. And then finally, education and training. Um, because I'm an educator, so I'm, I'm a lecturer. Um, Natalie's got experience in training and delivery, and so is um, Khadija as well in terms of training and delivery as well. It's that we felt we wanted to have and provide transformative spaces to educate on anti-racism, to educate on black critical theory, which people don't even think is a thing, but it actually is because you can look at critical race theory, you can look at black feminism, just black liberation movement, black radicalism, the list goes on in relation to that. And we almost wanted to provide um, a focal point for a lot of that work and almost provide an evidence base for the work that we're doing. So we're not just working by our lived experiences, which are very valid. We've also got an evidence base, which proves the stuff that we're actually trying to do from actual lived experience, but also from scholarship as well, which we thought was important. Um, because people feel that that's the most scientific sort of research is the most important thing. And I'm like, well, now it's got to be always tallied. And that black feminist approach always tallies it with a lived experience as well. And so important that it's a black woman's lived experience as well. So I think we, we sort of focus on that. And then there was um, <coughs> this week we did um, anti-racism training. So Ally 101, which is like an introductory training um, package that we also deliver. And again, that was something from the women. The women were just like, we want to, for you to provide materials. Um, so the people that we love, um, the people that we work with, our friends and our colleagues can become better in terms of dealing with anti-racism and talking about race and how race operates and so on and so forth. So we designed um, Ally 101, which we've got quite a few different organisations, different organisations who were doing that as well, and community initiatives. So we sort of developed a strategy and we had to because of the, the fact that we could probably run and do everything but we wanted to be quite focused and quite centered um on the work that we wanted to t- sort of take forward and then also it focuses and centers us as well in the work that we're doing and making sure that we're held accountable um for the work that we want to take forward and to the women as well ultimately it's for the women um, and supporting black women to do whatever it is that they want to do in their lives that's me. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> Black women power. <laughs> I think what's so interesting as well, I was just trying to think of it then when I when you were all talking. Like I can't really remember how like how we all met and how our paths really crossed. I feel like it just kind of oh DJ's gonna Okay. I'm the plug because I'm always the plug. <laughs> so what happened? I met Annie Wade Smith, shout out to Annie if you're watching this, Bill. I love you. I met Annie Wade Smith on a photo shoot, mm. and then one day she um messaged me like, "Hi, babes, reporting from Trinidad," and I was like, "Wait, what? In the Caribbean? Hello, who?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'm staying with my friend Rachel. Oh my god, she's amazing. You'll love her." So I followed Rachel and was like, "Totally fangirl. I'm like, this girl is gorgeous. She's amazing. Love her body confidence." And then Rachel followed me back, and I was like, "Okay, like she's dope." And then we just got talking. And then when did I first meet you in person? I can't remember. Well, we met. And then just family, that's it. And then yeah. <laughs> my girls, we're all sisters. We're all family. 
Yeah, I know. Um, I was definitely, I was so obsessed and taken aback by all of you. I was like, I need to meet all of these women. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it was just, you know, when some people motivate you so much. And I think also because me and I aren't from Liverpool, having women who you can look up to within the city that you're living in now, form a relationship. And now, like you said, like family, it's like, yeah, these people are here. And it's just amazing. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, and it's been amazing. Like not even, not from a patronizing point of view, but to see as well, like how far you guys have come. Cause I remember yeah. obviously we worked together with you last year um, on TGP Fest and then like, yeah, we're working together again. And like now you guys have got your own um, space and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's amazing. You, let me tell you this joke, right? And because my mom is on the live on the thing as well, she laughed. I remember when Dom and Khadija both said um RH and literally I nearly cried. I went to my mom and I was like, Mom, listen. <laughs> she was like, Oh, Rachel, that's really nice. They must think very highly of you. They must really think. And I was like, Oh, oh mom, that's really nice of me. <laughs> We love you. We love you both. We love you both. And as soon as I met you, do you love the most? Oh, shut up! It's not (laughs) no favoritism. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You're both just amazingly unique and bad in your own ways that I could never choose. Oh, I think as well. Sorry, please go on. I just wanted to say, even though you are a package, as in the hub, you're both definitely individual, and I love that about you. You've got your own personality your own flex so yeah go on that I think as well like when we were talking about TGP Fest about what we wanted in terms of our you know our program and we always think of you you know straight away because we always want to link in but one of the things we talked about is how you're always having a ball you know what I mean like I watch it I sit there watching you like your feeds and your twitter and I'm laughing me head off for sort of me a post or you know like Rachel puts a something out and I'm like and then I see your videos where you're I was howling after the Alicia Keys one the other day. <laughs> I was just like, this is this is this is what we need. And I think it's just like I think you embody that black girl joy about actually, you know, being within yourselves and enjoying being in yourselves. And that's not to say that everything's perfect all the time, but yeah. I think it's to say that, you know, enjoying the body that you're in and enjoying the situation that you're in and making the most out of the situation, being in your house and being able to put together a little a little sketch, you know what I mean, you know, me and Alicia and the fella on the phone, I was laughing my head off because I remembered like that video, so it, was a bit of a it was quite like a, a nostalgic watch and I was like, this is, I think I watched it twice, <laughs> I was like, I'll put that on again, it's entertaining, so I think for us, it's like, it's really important to, to, to link with people that make you feel good um, and to link with people you know who understand you know about the importance of 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 laughter and being silly and having fun and because you know the work that we do sometimes and the the big issues that we talk about it can be quite taxing so I think we wanted to focus on black girl joy because I think for me you know Don was talking about the training that we delivered earlier this week and we enjoyed it but it's heavy going because you're dealing with quite um, serious issues racism anti-racism and you, you also sort of tap a lot into like your own trauma and it triggers you in ways, you know, to deliver stuff like that. So one of the things we always talk about is sort of about looking after yourself. What we also talk about in order to support black people, you need to invest in black people joy, black girl joy. It isn't all just about um, learning about slavery or learning about the, the horrors, even though they're out there and they're very real. 
But, you know, for us, black people need to operate outside of these trauma worlds that people put them in or see them in. So I think it's important that we invest heavily in black joy and black girl joy, because with women, you know, we have the added sort of um, emotional labor of the sort of, of the gendered elements of stuff as well. So for me, supporting black people and anti-racism work isn't just about having conversations with your racist co-workers or, you know, stepping in and being an ally. It's about also investing in black lives in a way that isn't centered around trauma and pain. Definitely. And I feel like what you guys are doing definitely are bringing people together. You have the chat and that must bring so much joy to people and people who may be in the city by themselves, not particularly us, but just people who might just come for university or start a new job. Mm -hmm. And it, sometimes it's so isolating and just having maybe that chat or that walking group, the book club, there's something for everybody. And even sometimes just having that place that they can vent to or just one person to say something to honestly it's just like you said not always to talk about trauma it might just be like oh i want to share this joke or i want to go for a walk and it's so helpful so i think that you guys are definitely doing that and i always sometimes i can't keep up with it all because it's so consistent and i'm like ah another message and so it's honestly so good and i'm sure it's so helpful to so many people so it's a massive thing that you guys are doing it's very impressive and I'm yeah, sure a lot of people are very grateful for it. And can I just big you two up? Because I feel <laughs> like, again, even though you are a collective, I have my individual like relationships with you. And I feel like, Mia, I relate to you in terms of being an outspoken Northern Black girl. Mm -hmm. I see myself in you in so many ways. The way you're just like, you know what, let's have it. Like, I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. I'm going to say my piece because what I've got to say is important and that's just energy because <clears throat> I didn't have that confidence in my 20s at all um, and then off the back of that again you Rachel with just how you are so beautifully wonderfully not giving it ish mm -hmm. out there like this is me this is Rachel love all of me or don't even look at me because again in my 20s <clears throat> especially being a curvy girl or whatever there was no one saying that. Like, I look up to you and I'm like 10 years older than you because you've set <laughs> the, the bar in terms of like, nobody's going to tell me what I'm wearing. Nobody's going to tell me how to dress, like how to be nothing. And it's just, it's so endearing and so inspiring. So thank you I'm definitely looking at like a generation because we're we, in the TGP we're all around the same age and obviously we've got people in our group that are, um, are quite young you know and then are also um, older ladies as well um, and I think it, it is so inspiring looking at young people and seeing the light and seeing sort of what they bring and we, I'm always learning always learning from the likes of yourselves um, there's so many amazing things that you do that I'm made up and I'm like always like I've got to gas them what are they doing now you're like this is great and they've just done this we've done this you know what I mean so I think that whole sort of like connection and creating that um that family I feel like it is it is quite a family you know even if we don't see each other for a while I think we bop on and we just you know we're acting soft putting eyebrows on ourselves <laughs> and like you know like just laughing and having a good time and I think for me that's just so important it just shows the the, the, the strength in that connection um that we've got all of us really and, can, and the community that we've got as well you see for me it's the podcast 
I I listen to it on Spot, Spotify. So while I'm working, I'm there oh, howling and laughing, <laughs> and, and like, <laughs> and I can obviously you can't see the people when they're doing the podcast. So sometimes I wish that you would film me so I can see because I just sit there and I'm crying laughing. And then I think I listened to one, and there was a there was a lad on it who was talking about um, ethical like cotton and stuff like that. And oh yeah, Niall. <laughs> yeah, and like making sure that you um, it's it's ethical and how much water is used. And I thought I'm learning loads here, and I thought this is this is brilliant. So for me, you both inspire me to to, to almost reclaim that joy, um, and also that youthfulness that I think as you go into your thirties and it goes up and you like because I'm 35 is you almost feel like you've got to almost rid yourself of those things and you guys got a constant reminder alongside me two girls oh. that life is just for the living and for the fun and we're just kids it, ultimately we're all children mm. just in these bigger bodies basically but we're all children um, and ultimately it's just about making each other laugh which is what I do most most days I do it with my students all the time I'm just like yeah let's just laugh and today guess what come oh my god <laughs> I love that oh yeah fabulous and I was dead excited and my students were just like um. <laughs> <laughs> okay I was yeah. like, also not Beyonce fan. So what about Serena then? <laughs> oh! They were just like, um, yeah, we've come to talk about our essays. I was like, okay. <laughs> do you guys do you not see how important this is? Do you become this is to life, like Me society too. in general? And they're just like, mm. no. no. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe if one of them mentions it in the essay. Do you know what? Anyway, that's for different. That's for different. <laughs> extra marks. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It'll be extra marks. You'll get an 80 for me for that. <laughs> so I guess following on from all of our our praises, which is lovely. Um in terms of like black girl joy, which I guess we have kind of touched on and stuff and spoke about it within like each other and what, what everyone is doing. Um but like I guess to you guys like what is black girl joy to you and and why is it important to you as well like why is it a part of your life and why is it an, an important part of that I don't know who want, wants to go first anyone I'll go I'll go um <laughs> um I just think I think it links on to what I was saying earlier really about um investing in joy of black people and like you know, I used to spend a lot of time within my twenties. Like that, I started like in, as an educator quite young in, in my like teens, and then in my twenties, I spent a lot of time arguing with people. You know, having a lot of murder with people regularly online and face to face. You know, about the ideas about anti-racism, about checking them on the privilege, about all of that stuff, and I was quite angry about it. Um, and what ends up happening is that if you when you focus on a lot of that even though it does need addressing and you don't look after yourself is that you end up burning out and that's what happens in my case it was like there was too much of an emphasis on the work and the fight and the struggle and the pain um and then what happened then was as a result of that then I was neglecting the part of me that loves to have a ball the part of me that loves to laugh like which is the majority of the time um 
And I think it's important that we invest in black people as whole people and not tell single narratives and single stories about their lives. I think sometimes when people think about like racism and things like that and stuff that black people experience, um, they tend to want to focus on that. So for example, you know, like the, the, the films that win the Oscars are usually the films that are about some black pain story or a white savior story. And then the stuff that actually is really um, telling about people's lives doesn't really have that same weight because they want to invest in black pain narratives. And I think for me, in order for black people to be free and to be seen as full, authentic individuals, we need to look at them as whole people. We need to look at them as vulnerable. You know, if we look at the look at the, the sort of um the strong black woman trope we're not always strong we should be able to be vulnerable and we should be able to celebrate um and be joyous and you know celebrate our happy moments and be silly and stupid and just laugh and have the same sort of um opportunities to do that as everyone else so for me black girl joy is about feeling good it's about investing in yourself but it's also about telling our full story and allowing us to be free in a world that often tries to sort of stop that yeah i think that's important especially what you were saying about like films and stuff i think i think right now as well well especially in black history month like a lot of people think oh let's let black people watch this film about black suffering and slavery exactly and it's like snooze like i don't want to hear about that like we know about that like show me something happy um so yeah I really I really appreciate and definitely agree. Yeah, I, can't, I can't watch so, sorry Nat, I can't no, no, I can't watch films on you know on slavery I can't I just can't do it anymore yeah um, I feel like I've had had me feel I can't watch any sort of trauma porn in, in that respect and even in relation to for example if we go to Black Lives Matter with um, a lot of the police brutality um, and obviously the the death of um, George Floyd. I can't. I couldn't. I think it, it got to the point where it sort of the, the cop walked around, and I thought I, I need to take. I can't. I can't watch this um, because I I know in, in myself I'm already traumatized by a, a range of different things, and I could go into a, you know a melody of detail in relation to the traumas that have happened in my life. And I thought in my house, in my space, and this space that I've created for myself. I have to protect it. And the reason I have to protect it is not only for myself, but also for the others that I want to impart on. I know that I can't give from an empty cup. So number one. And number two, I just feel like um, in the sense that I should be allowed the space to just on a Friday sort of sit and have my gin, have my ginger wine, um, put on a film, put on some Dame Chappelle and just laugh and just be me in that space because for me that's authentic and that's me being me on a Friday Yeah, it's, just, it's a shame for me to be honest that um, we're not seen in our full sort of glory within media and TV because we're like we're the best, like we are the shit <laughs> yes <laughs> we are and I think they for me when, when people obviously then are allowed into our spaces and we allow them to see ourselves in our full glory, it's almost as if it's a surprise. I'm like, I didn't realise you were like, I'm like, well, yeah, I've always been this way. This is how it's always been in that respect. And I think media, TV, um, and the whole sort of narratives that are played out, they're missing a trick because we are so multifaceted, multidimensional, we're complex. Mm. Um, 
and it's doing a disservice because because of these um the multitude of identities that we have we almost live in a lot of people's imaginations in different ways and it's it's that distance which causes the divisions of prejudice and bias and racisms to obviously fester yeah that's the problem i think it's it's navigating almost that space it's almost like a fantasy and then when they obviously understand and see that you're actually a real human being and in relation to that and you just you just you have the same emotions the same thoughts and feelings probably as a lot of people then there's a realization that (laughs) you've missed out but i haven't missed out you've missed out yeah yeah you know, you were saying about the whole George Floyd that entire time. And I know that was very traumatic for so many people. And we were dealing with a lot of things, seeing that on social media constantly. Mm-hmm. And I think I had to tell myself, as much as you could be very hurt by this, you're also allowed to be happy sometimes. Yeah. And I was like, Rachel, you're still allowed to smile. You're still allowed to feel hurt, but also be okay with the situation. And kind of, because I really felt guilty to be happy for a while because of all that going on. And I was like, why would I still smile? Why would I post some a joke on my Instagram? Like, I felt like that was not okay. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, no, it, I can still do that. And I had to kind of wrap my head around that and be like, no, like this is not gonna be the be all and end all of my whole life. Yeah, just yeah. because this is gonna continue happening, unfortunately. This is not just this time, this is not gonna be the end of it as I said unfortunately so I can't just stop my life right now and just stop smiling stop and continue being upset well no because I will be upset but just show that upset forever and just be like and I kind of had to I don't know how to explain it but like do you get what I mean like um, I understand Rachel I think there was a there was a period of collective grieving where yeah. everyone was grieving and feeling it yeah. in, in that respect. But then equally <laughs> there was there was and I don't know if you noticed, there were other people who, who this this didn't affect at all. Mm. Um, and they were obviously the complete other end of the scale. But I think there is there is space to have a middle ground in relation to this. You should still be able to have the fullness of all those different emotions. You should still be able to be happy to be to, you know, to go out to dance, to do to do whatever it is that makes you happy in those moments. Because even when we lose people and you know, you feel that obviously the emptiness and the love that you have for that person becomes your grief, there are still moments of happy. There are still moments of joy. There's still moments where you you probably feel like I shouldn't be having a laugh out now, but I am, and I'm gonna. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's it's about the human condition, I think, um, in that respect, and and being allowed the fullness to be yourself in those moments, and not pretending, and not being performative, um, and not just feeling something because everybody else feels something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's about authenticity in in that respect. Um, and realizing even in moments of grief and loss and pain there are still moments of joy uh, mm-hmm. because obviously they're attached your emotions are always attached to experiences they're not definitive you know they're, they're attached to things that happen so you can't you're, you're what did he say um your emotions and almost and your thoughts and feelings are like visitors 
Um, so they're attached to different emotions and different, obviously, scenarios and situations. And you can switch and change as and when you can. But I think you learn that as you get a little bit older. I wish I would have knew that when I was like 18. Because I didn't know it. And Khadija. Um, yeah, what, <laughs> what Black Girl Joy means to me is just the way we express ourselves, whether, you know, whether we are loud and over-expressive, you know, some of us talk with our hands, some of us express ourselves in other ways, some of us maybe use our, you know, our mediums, our music, our art, but I feel like it's, it's, it's an expression that it comes from such a deep history and no matter where we come from, I feel like Melanated people, people of colour are some of the most magical people on the planet. And that's just a fact. And I feel like that's because we always, we can be given this little, but we'll make it this much. You know, you give us a little tiny piece of meat and a, a bag of rice, we'll feed everyone, we'll feed the village. You know, being from Trinidad, that's true, Rachel, you know, we will feed everyone, you know. So to me, it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's believing in yourself. It's knowing that you're that be, no matter what society says, no matter what the, the standard of beauty may be, okay? You are beautiful. You are your own power. And your only competition should be you. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't be competing with each other and we definitely shouldn't be competing with what the media tells us, you know? Like, oh, you have to be this or you have to look like that. So to me, that's Black Girl Joy. And just to quote Rachel something that you said on Instagram and it's funny when I read it I think <laughs> your voice and you said something like um if it's one thing I real sweet and I say yes <laughs> that is the life that is black girl joy knowing that you have the source that's black girl joy that's it for me yeah oh, I'm sorry if I just butchered your accent but I said <laughs> You kind of, but I'll say it. I said it is one I think thing. I sound more Belgian, but that's because I'm Belgian. So forgive me. Oh my, oh my god. Oh my. I love it. Oh my. But no, I think, yeah, I agree with that. Every single thing that you guys said. Um, I'm gonna say what I think it is too. And I think it's kind of like a a mix of everything. It's just like being unapologetic and celebrating. The people that are also doing things around you and just uplifting them as well. And I think, as you said, um, not comparing yourself. And I appreciate that. So, yeah, that's it to me. What is it to you? Um, <laughs> I don't really know what to say. I don't know what to say about saying what's been said. But, um, yeah, I feel like it's just, I don't really feel like it. I can even define it. I feel mm. it's just how you live and what you do. And like, it could be like when I wake up and I'm like, hey, Google, play coffee. Or, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's the tiniest things. It's Tell like, us. it's literally, it's just you being, or if I'm like watching fucking Modern Family on TV all day and I'm like, oh my God, this is so funny. Yeah. Like, it really is just like the smallest things and like, it's just what really makes me happy and that doesn't have to be the same thing all the time it can change yeah um and I think that leads into my next thing as well like which is like how do you like what do you guys like just find joy in like is it is it like you've got to take yourself and be like okay I'm gonna do this and this will bring me joy like what are maybe your go-to things for 
maybe when the world does become like too much and there's a lot going on like what do you kind of turn to 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 get joy from for me personally i feel like sorry Sam. if it's when, um <laughs> not from me kids it literally is from like you guys like my peers like if i feel a bit like oh sorry, <laughs> kids you just, just said fuck them kids <laughs> I love my kids. Aside from the kids, it would be my peers because, like, say for example, I'm on Instagram and you see in Jane and stuff, this, that, rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. I'll go to maybe your page or go on your story or whatever and seeing my people winning brings me joy seeing us out here no matter what seeing us breaking all the barriers or you know not thinking there's a glass ceiling or just not feeling limited in any way that brings me joy i think um that was so nice confusion apart from the kids bit (laughs) (laughs) i literally only said a Obviously, my kids and my world, but aside from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at hood, man. Fuck them kids. I'm kidding. Hilarious. You make me laugh. She brings me joy. <laughs> These two. You know what? These two. They have me crying at least once a week, and it's tears of joy. Honestly, these two give me joy. Um, I think for me, yes, lad. No, honestly, you honestly they bring they bring me so much joy, and I'll just howl. Like I'll just look at the messages sometimes, and I'll just start screaming. <laughs> and then the, my little girl will run up and be like, "Mummy, you're okay," and I'm like, "It's these two. <laughs> so they have them two bring me joy. So that helps me. Um, for me, it's books. Um, I love I love to read. So when everything's going on, um, I will retreat. And then it sounds dead nearly, doesn't it? But I will <laughs> I will retreat into books because for me, they've never done me wrong <laughs> in that respect. Um, and they're, they're plentiful. Um, I'm still trying to look for other spaces in my house for them to go, but the kids won't let me have any more. Um, but I, I keep buying them. I just put them wherever I want. I just, you know what I mean? They can't tell me nothing. Those two, those two. Um, other things that bring me joy, um, my work, my students, TGP, um, I'd say my family, my family and my kids bring me joy. Um, the boyfriend, when he's being normal, <laughs> brings me joy as well. Just loads of things. But for me, I think my centre is my books and the academics and stuff like that. Um, because it enables me to articulate a lot of the things that I think on a daily. Um, and then I know that there's other people as mad as me, um, but they're like professors and like Malcolm X. And I'm like, yes. So it, it, it validates a lot of my crazy in that respect. Um, and it's lovely to pick up for me. It's black feminist theory. It's lovely to pick up a book by a black woman and read it and just go, she's just articulated everything that I've just thought over the last five years or 
um, she's developed an approach um, that enables us to not just chat this stuff, it's to actually then do it with people um, and, have an, and have a direct impact as well. Um, so turning almost scholarship into activism, which for me is just, if you're an academic and the work that you're doing is not impacting on people, give it up, man. You might as well just give it up. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> give it up. Go and again. Yeah. Give it up. Else, just give it up. Yeah. Your scholarship and the things that you write, the theories that you come up with, I've got to help people, otherwise mm -hmm. they're pointless. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, so, so far, your friends, social media, books, stay single and don't have kids. Cool. Got that. I'm a partner. Right. When we behave, when we behave. Yeah. I think for me, um, like we're done with books, I love books and I love writing. So that's one of my passions because how I process things sometimes and how I make sense of the world is through cultivating it into an article or a piece of writing or something that allows me to sort of work that through in my head. And I find it quite therapeutic. So that does bring me joy being able to sort of be creative um, and sort of do things to that have connecting different ideas and processing emotions and stuff. I think for me though, overall, I think a couple of years ago, like I um, made the decision to cultivate a life that centered black joy, I think, and self-centered joy. Um, because I think for a very long time, um, I, I was working very, very hard doing like 50, 60 um, hour weeks. Um, and I got really, really unwell. I, I made myself really quite ill. And um, because I was operating for about 10 years, like, like I didn't have, you know, like I wasn't a human, like I wasn't superhuman and stuff. So I think what ended up happening is I got really unwell and I had to make the decision about like, you know, centering um, my own health and well-being before um, anything else. And also being able to still do the things that I love that brought me joy, but not at the expense of myself. So I think I decided to make the decisions to that every decision I made was trying to center that black joy that black, black girl joy so um in terms of the jobs that i've done in terms of my relationships and my friendships in terms of the initiatives that i was a part of um and also i think tgp was really a uh, monumental in that change because that happened around about the time that i was um getting better um at the time i was sort of recovering and stuff so I think I made the conscious choice because with TGP, it was like that was missing within my life at that time. And I wanted to help cultivate it, not just for people like me, but for other people as well. Um, so I think yeah, writing, but also sort of having it as a conscious decision and a lot of the, a lot of the decisions that you actually make. So it comes from a place of, you know, does this bring me joy? Isn't it like that? Is it Mary Kondo who does that thing with the clothes where she goes, does this item bring me joy? That's what I was like. I think I come up with it before, to be honest, but just about life. It's not about clothes. <laughs> yeah. Does it bring you go joy? Oh, yeah, that's what, and I had to do that. And that meant that some relationships changed, some friendships changed, you know. It meant that some priorities changed. But um, where I am in my life at the moment in terms of sort of them decisions I've made, I think when I've done that and put that first, I haven't really gone wrong. And even if stuff doesn't turn out how I want it to be, I feel sort of more centred within myself. But it did take me a very long, it took me into my 30s to get to that point. Um, and I think I'd like to support other people, like to 
to, to recognize that now and when I see the likes of you too in our Goss Hub you know doing that on a daily basis I think that's amazing because I think both Dom and Khadija have mentioned like you know when they were in the 20s they were maybe not at that stage um, and sometimes it takes you to go through but what I want is I don't want women black women women of color to actually have to go through these big traumatic episodes to realize that they need to put themselves first and you need to sense a black joy i don't feel that we need to suffer in order to realize things and i think that's quite central to tgp as well this idea that yeah you live and you learn but i don't want anyone to have to go through what i went through in order to get to a place of understanding and knowing myself better um, and actually wanting to put black girl joy at the heart of everything that i do that's lovely and I totally agree. I think that's something that we kind of, I know, have to remember. And I think it's not always as easy for a lot of people. Um, and a lot of people are on that journey, which is sometimes, you know, we just let them flow on that journey and then find it, which is lovely to see sometimes as well. Everybody on their own journey and their own path. Sorry, I'm going to yawn. Mm. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, the foolish neighbor, not the foolish neighbor. <laughs> Tom had to go and answer the door. Tom, they interrupted your black girl, Joy Girl. They interrupted it. And they came back like this. I'm just waiting for all the Jamaican flags in the chimney. Like some cake or something, Dom. Oh my god. Don't let them take away your joy. It's okay, we're still here, you're back. It's fine. Yeah. Um I can't the yard is cold out. No, this is the wine. It's the wine. Yeah. Um, so I've got a question as well. Um, which is kind of like I think kind of similar to what people have touched on. Um, because it's kind of going back to what you were saying, Deej, about like when you were like 18 or whatever you didn't have these certain like people and that kind of thing um so do you think that like in terms of like what brings you kind of joy is that something that has changed over time or is it kind of when you maybe strip things back has it always remained the same like um because obviously I know you said social media which is kind of a new kind of concept but like in terms of like seeing your people winning has that always been something or has it been like different things throughout time no, I don't think I've ever changed. You know, I've literally always been that person that just wants to see everyone do well, especially if they are from, you know, a close-on-close underprivileged background or, you know, a minority group. Hate all these terms, but you know, yeah, I don't think that's ever changed. I feel like I've always had that just within me from young. Just like, just come on the fam. Do you know what I mean? We just gotta win. We just gotta win. Yes, the girls come on the farm. All right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, and what about yourselves, Nat yeah. and Dom? Do you yeah. think it's like something that has changed, like as as time's gone on, or is it always? Yeah. For me, I think it has because I think my idea of what it was to be successful and to be so, you know. It, it it did change because I think for a very long time I used to think that I was just like. If, if I didn't do this work then the whole world would like fall apart and you go on like you're this big I am and it isn't because it was an ego trip but it was more because you were so 
dedicated to the stuff that you were doing that you wanted to help other people but what I realized through that through a series of maturity and growth was that I can't help everyone I can only do what I can do but what I did used to do is sort of work myself into the ground and then like guilt trip myself if I didn't do it so I'd just do more hours or I'd work on a Sunday or I'd work when I went home or I'd travel um, and I think it took for me to have burnout, to be unwell, to, to actually say, no, you can't do this anymore. And who's benefiting from this? Because what was happening is I started making little mistakes or started like double booking myself. And, you know, I was supposed to be at three meetings in the one night and things like that. Um, so I think this idea was that I wanted, because I think I was the first person in my family to go to university. So there was a bit of a pressure that I'm the oldest of seven. Um, and I wanted to sort of set an example on the idea of what was successful was probably a bit warped because it was maybe from, you know, television shows or it was from sort of what people would tell you to do. And then actually when you sat with it and said, what actually makes me happy? Like, I didn't really used to have days off. I never used to relax. I didn't really sort of do things that were just for fun. And if I did sometimes, then I'd like be in work the next day and things like that. So I think my idea has changed with maturity and growth and through going through quite traumatic things and um, to where I'm at the point now where, um, and also to do sort of like reading academic tests and understanding, because I think one of the things that Dom touched on before was that I knew what was happening, but I didn't have the vocabulary for it. I didn't have the words. I didn't have the frame of reference. So while I was like, what is this experience or, you know, what is this sort of um, thing that I'm going through? I didn't really understand. And I didn't understand that it was happening to a lot of other black women as well. This idea that we have to work twice as hard that was drummed into me since childhood um to in order for me to sort of get ahead um so I was able to sort of articulate that and educate myself and learn a lot more about it and then sort of use my experience and also stuff from what I've read and researched um to sort of support others and I think I was really I've always been really career orientated I've always worked myself into the ground I've got a really strong work ethic and that hasn't changed for in the work ethic hasn't changed but this idea that I have to flog myself to the ground has um which is it took a long time for me to get to that stage and then also this idea that I'm allowed to enjoy myself I'm allowed to you know linking to what Rachel said before about like you know we're talking about like you're allowed to laugh you're allowed to enjoy your life because I think for me all of the things that happen you know with black girl joy is the stuff that makes life worth living sometimes I go to funerals and I have a lovely time because you are reminiscing, you're meeting people you haven't seen for years, you are really seeing um, mortality really starkly and understanding the importance about the fact that life could go in a second. So, you know, even at the most grief-stricken time, you can able to find elements of joy as Don related to before. So it definitely has changed for me in terms of me as a person, growth. I've still always wanted to help people but I've also seen the importance of helping people can be in a bit of a different way where I don't have to be on the floor, like help <laughs> little healthier people, you know, in order to like do the things that I need to do. And if we, we talk about self-care being a radical act, we look at like feminists, like Audrey Lord, you know, we look at people who've said all of these things um, about how you have to look after yourself um, and how to, about, about sisterhood and things like that. And I think for me, it was a learning curve to get to the point where, I was like, you know, you know, we deserve to have joyful moments that are completely unrelated to helping other people that are just about enjoying yourself in that moment and making you a better person for, for, for it as well, because you actually appreciate life and you appreciate joy and beauty 
in a way that you missed because your head's always down because you're working. So that was a really long way, long-winded way of saying yes. Natalie, <laughs> <laughs> I love what you touched on there because it made me think of another trope that I don't think many people think of much, but it's the magical Negro trope. And it's basically that you have this black person, be it a person in your workplace or, you know, your maid, your clean up, whatever analysis it is. And they are just there to fix everything. They're just there to make everything better. And I'm so glad that you've now started to go easier on yourself because in the five years I've been your mate. Yeah, I think at one point you probably was doing way too much, doing way too much and doing things, like you said, where you couldn't even fill your own cup back up. You were just given to so many other places, people, whatever. And, you know, that that's naturally who you are. But, yeah, we, we, we can't be magical Negroes. We have to be just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. And what about you, Dom? Uh, you know what? I, I don't think I can add anything to what they've said because I think they've encapsulated everything that I've, been, I've thought in relation to this. I think, similar to Nat, it, it has changed for me. Um, but it's changed because I've matured and got rid of dead weight and stuff like that. And um, I think in 2015, my whole life sort of changed upside down. Loads of stuff happened. Um, and then what I ultimately realised when all that was stripped away was that ultimately the most important person in all of this is moi, is me. Um, and the things that make me happy and the things that bring me joy and um, centering obviously love in that as well with the most important things and that's all that mattered when all this other stuff was sort of stripped away um, so for me it's changed and it's had to change because I've changed um, in that respect Um so I can't really add anything, anything more, I think, other than that. I just, think I just add something, Dom. It's really hard to listen to you talking about really serious issues with them frigging eyebrows. <laughs> I don't think you would have to laugh at anybody who doesn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was losing it. I thought it was just me. Stop it, I'm changing them again. <laughs> you know what reminded me of? Remember that company's with the two kids and they were like, Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Yeah. I told him it was just me and I said no. I said that's them eyebrows again. I wanted to like listen and take you seriously, but all I could see is flickering eyebrows. Topical. Because obviously we're taking health and safety very seriously on this podcast. Yeah. Oh my god. Can someone can, Nat, can you turn her camera off or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's gone wild, hasn't she? Wow, it's gone to her head and her eyebrows. She's gone. She's got Bark a girl joy in the most literalist form and thought, let me throw some eyebrows on any air. A mask. <laughs> Please. I just saw oh. it before and it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no, I think I can definitely 
What's the word? Um, like relate to what you've all said, especially um, like I know that you were saying like like certain relationships and people who just don't bring you joy. It was like ain't eh, no more. And I think like even though like I'm only 22, I think I used to going through school be someone who was like I have to be friends with everybody. Like everyone has to like me. Da 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 da. And then growing up, I was just like I don't really care. And especially now, like we've got the gang up the gang and know you're locked in and um and how lovely is that too because you see people who appreciate you yeah and that's it and that's, that's it. like and that's obviously not to say I don't have other friends but no, it's yeah. like <laughs> it's like that's what that's what we need and like even we don't have to speak every day like we can just send a little message in the whatsapp like just something to laugh at and it's like haha or like if everybody's if everybody's online at the same time and we're like oh my god like it's like we're on MSN in the old days like just like little little things like that with the gun yeah. that's what definitely brings me joy yeah 100 even <laughs> like things and i agree with what you said mia and even like you guys getting rid of relationships and just distancing yourself a little bit it doesn't have to be like oh my god but just setting your boundaries and i think those things bring you joy and just don't cause you things that don't cause you as much stress in life I think that brings you the joy. Just get rid of those stresses. I think sometimes even moving away from the area that you may have, I don't know, gone to school, grown up and so you're just like, oh, I don't need to deal with these things. So you can kind of separate yourself, distance yourself. That sometimes you're just like, okay, this is nice. And now I'm really filling your cup back up. So like you said, Nat, so that you could kind of just replenish yourself and you're able to be that joyful person and be the person that you want to be for everybody mm. else and impact society the way that you want to mm. and then you're that nice hi and it's just it's a lovely feeling and it's who we want to be amen amen <laughs> i think um the last question because i've just realized it's eight o'clock and we've actually been chatting for ages but obviously it doesn't have to end now but um time flies when you're having fun um (laughs) my last question I guess for everybody is kind of like maybe going forward to somebody who like Rachel said is kind of still figuring this kind of thing out like what advice would you give to other people in terms of like how they can celebrate black joy if they're maybe if it's maybe not a black person and it's kind of how they can do better but also in terms of like our our black sisters in terms of like what advice you would give to them for like you know just kind of like we've all said taking the time to kind of focus on yourself that kind of thing what what advice would you give I think for me it would be my advice would be is value yourself enough to see that you are worth um the space and the freedom for this black joy you're you're allowed um you should be able to you know almost for me it's you're entitled um and for you to claim that space because it's yours ultimately um the most important thing in this world um, and it's not to be selfish is yourself self-compassion and taking care of oneself is ultimately the, the highest form of of love and I think one of the things I think that is attributed to Black Joy is obviously love. That's at the centre of it as well. And I think if you do truly love yourself, um, joy, happiness, and the extensions of that come quite naturally in that respect. And I think it's it's allowing yourself the freedom um, and the space to be able to attain those things and have those things. 
um, and feeling that you're worthy of those things as well. You are worthy beyond beyond recognition. So for me, it'd be to claim that space and just be like, it's mine. And I'm going to take that for me. Because you're worth it, isn't it? There you go. It's beautiful. That was really nice, Don. It was lovely. I think just to add to that, I think um, something that Rachel mentioned before, which I don't think enough black women um, are maybe spoken to about, or black girls, you know, when they're younger, is boundaries. Um, I think for a very long time I was a people pleaser and that was half of the reason why I ended up doing, be trying to be all things to all people. Um, and what happens then is that you end up erasing yourself um, and then you don't get joy from that because you are compromising yourself and your own values and integrity to please others. So I think it's important to understand what, what, what boundaries are, what you value and what's at the core of you um and how you can protect that and your space you know you can say no to people you know you know as long as you're sort of kind and supportive you can say no to people and you don't have to explain yourself so i think if we i think women in general um struggle sometimes with boundaries because of sort of the society that we live in but especially black women as well because we have a lot of emotional labor that we carry um on top of that which we feel is um is is a sort of a must is a, is a sort of inheritance when actually it's not um, because it sort of traps us. So I think boundaries are so important um, when it comes to sort of looking at, at, at black joy. And I think it's about understanding what makes you happy and having a really connection to yourself about when you feel your happiest or your most sort of um, serene um, or your most sort of confident. I think with other people, I suggest, you know, reading black writers, I'd suggest watching black films that aren't just about slavery, um, trauma, pain you know investing in black joy looking at um, black owned businesses or black owned initiatives like the gossip hub like tgp that sort of support all that type of stuff um you know you're not expected to know every single thing but there is plenty of platforms out there that you can follow that you can learn this stuff if if you want to so i think you know investing in that time and space and looking at your programs if you're an event organization organizer and you've got a program are you just putting stuff on about slavery or are you actually looking at other elements of stuff? Are you bringing other things onto your curriculum in school that sort of supports black joy or are you just going for the normal tropes of 12 years a slave or something like that? You know what I mean? It just feels like um, if that's the tip of the iceberg for black people's experience. And for me, black people existed, you know, thousands of years before slavery. That's not where we started. That's not where we began. So, and there's many stories that, even coincide with the, the time of slavery that not wasn't slavery either so it's about us defining people and allowing them to be free and authentic so you know research you know netflix things like that documentaries follow people that know, that, that share this information and try and use that to be able to invest because i think for me being an ally or being someone that's supportive of black people it means that you are supportive of black people's whole experience, not just elements of it. Um, so I think that would, and even for yourself, if you find yourself more as a black person, you know, gravitating towards these quite painful things to watch, it's about allowing yourself to watch some of the, the more funnier things or the, the things that make you smile or don't have to be serious. I'm a bit like Dom, I won't watch anything with any ounce of pain like that. I struggle with it. And that's because I grew up watching a lot of it and then it played out in real terms on your telly you know on your facebook feed and your twitter feed so i feel it's really important to protect that element um you know that sort of space for yourself so that you're able to go out in the world and do different things 
So yeah, do your research um, and look at your boundaries and stuff and understand and maybe understand your own love language as well because there's different types of love languages. So for me, it's about, are you a person that gravitates towards time? Are you a person that gravitates towards finance? Try and understand what your love language is and see what other people's and the relationships that you've got with people to help you understand how you best relate to each other. I love that, Nat. That last part as well, I'm like, mm, okay, how am I going to get me some love? I'm just joking. <laughs> Friday night, Rach. <laughs> <laughs> carry on. Um, yeah, do you know what? I think I'm just, I'm going to answer the question directly the way you put it. So you put it in two parts. Um, firstly, like to my sisters, I want to tell you that there is no right or wrong way to be black we're not all the same <laughs> we're not monolithic and that's the beauty and the diversity of being of the African diaspora Um, you know if you want to wear a wig if you want to shave your head if you want to wear your braid if you want to dye your hair purple don't let nobody tell you that that's not this or you know don't be letting we're not letting anybody box us in and that's that's our own people and that's outside people you know Another thing I want to talk about, sisters, colorism, light skin versus dark skin. We've got to let it go. We've got to let that go. We are never going to get anywhere until we truly address that that is some bullish. And let's just kick that back over to white supremacy where it belongs. We have to start just coming together as, even if not all of us identify as black women, then as women of color and realizing that we've got more in common than not. You know, and in terms of white people, whether it's just friends, family members or whatever, accept that it it may be uncomfortable to unlearn things that unknowingly this society has taught you is quote unquote right. You know, it may be uncomfortable to unlearn those things. Um, but all I can say is push yourself, read. There's so many um, amazing resources out there. Natalie and, and Dominique wrote a fantastic piece of framework. And yeah, just 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 push yourself if you if you truly do care about those people in your life that you know are affected by what goes on in the world. Push yourself because you can step in and out of that uncomfortability. They can't. Yeah. <laughs> that um i think people and i hear every single thing i think a lot of people still need to i know wrap their heads around a lot of things that you um just said as well khadija like even when it comes to colorism all those sorts of things um and i think sometimes they're like you said uncomfortable topics to speak about and understand but i think they're necessary they are things that people need to speak about to learn about and to understand so that they can get over um and i think they need to be spoken about so that people could understand them and then we move past them first um because if people don't understand them and realize what's going on within those topics then people can't just fully move past them yeah yeah definitely um well 
Yeah. Have you got anything else you want to say? No, thank you. And just please continue to remember that you guys are massive inspirations to both of us. So thank you. And this was a lovely um, Black Joy for us all. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for for just being yourself and being so vibrant and amazing and just inspiring us too. Just that she didn't no, finish with a big old loving. Yeah, they thank you so much, girls. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for always being up for a collaboration and for always supporting us. And you know that anything we can do or you need us for, email us, message us, and we've got you back. No, thank you. And also thank you on behalf of, I think, all of the ladies that you guys help yeah. and are there for, because I know that it's, honestly, I know that they're very grateful, so thank you. Definitely. You're welcome. Finally, I need Rachel to do the song. Ah! <laughs> 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 oh, I can't even remember the... Um, it's coming up now. Okay, Mia, it was you first. It's coming up. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Can I speak to the Michael? <laughs> 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 the coffee shop of 24th and 13th Street. <laughs> you know, the one with the braids. <laughs> Ah, we always are the special. About ten times, <laughs> we couldn't stop watching it. I was saying, her lip sync was so spot on. That's what made it. Like you, you did it. You did it. Yeah, she was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, do it again, do it again. No, we did it so many times. We did it so many times, but it didn't actually take that long. It was yeah. weird. But then we couldn't stop watching it. We were like, this is hilarious. This. Is hilarious. <laughs> and now we're obsessed with reels. Do you know what oh, else? Where you made the roast dinner, and there's one of me like that chopper, like fake chopper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not chopping anything. <laughs> and a headscarf and a hoodie, fake chopper like this. <laughs> Love, it. Love it. Maybe we should make another one now. Okay. Yeah, yeah your reels are really good. We soon. might do a reel right now. Oh, thank you, Auntie Carol. We love you. Yes. She's the best. She's the best. Oh. But thank you to everyone who locked in. Um, this was amazing. And we'll speak to you all soon. Bye.